Hey, what's up, guys? We are back with another episode, and uh, I got my good friend Rich Drew also wearing his T-shirt over here. So, <laughs> um, so here's here's the new one, dude. I'll have to get you one of these. So it's got the cool the cool silhouette. That so looks sick. Well, I'll send you one of those and one of these as well. <laughs> um, so for you guys that don't know, Rich is an awesome all-around dude, a great mountain bike rider. He is a sick coach for you know coaching mountain bike lessons and he also is doing a youtube series now um, called the ride series on rich drew youtube channel and he's gotten a lot of good response you know how to drop how to jump how to manual all these videos and he's coming from it from a background of like being an actual rider and also being you know a 40 year old dad and understanding <laughs> what it's like to be a real life person and have these goals but not want to break yeah. yourself off so very true yeah so i'm stoked to talk to him today rich how you been doing dude uh, I've been good, man. I, I really have. It's uh, we're in crazy times right now. And, uh, you know, I just realized that there's so many things I can't control. So the things I can control are, you know, my outlook on what's happening right now and just try to stay positive, man, make as much good content as possible and uh, try to make people smile, make them happy and, and, you know, give them some good information on their bike. That's awesome. And for people that, you know, don't know, like, how long have you been doing the YouTube thing and what's that been like this kind of career path that you've taken? Cause for a while yeah. there, you're a racer, right? First and foremost. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I came to it. I came to the mountain bike scene late. So, you know, I started racing BMX when I was five, my brother's seven years older than me. We grew up in Southern California. So of course we transitioned into racing motocross and, you know, mountain bikes, racing mountain bikes never really popped up on my radar until 2014. And so when I started racing, I was a good rider. You know, I had the bike handling piece. So when the fitness came, I was racing pro cross country within six months. So it just, it grew very quickly. I was able to get some support, was a factory pivot rider for a couple of years, um, rode the BMEs, did all that stuff. And it was just, it was amazing. But, you know, everybody started asking, Hey man, can you help me get better? Cause you've done it so quickly. And I told him it's not quick. I've been on my bike my entire life. Like I I've been riding bikes forever. So that's a key piece of it. So that's where the ride series MTB skills clinics emanated from. That was the genesis of it. And, you know, late last year, I had a guy come to me, um, probably middle of the year, this guy, Brock Wagner, really cool dude, filmmaker, um, agency dude. And he said, man, I want to make something I'm really passionate about. Let's, you know, let's make a riding video. And I'm like, you know, cool. Let's, let's do something. And he started talking about YouTube and he's like, man, I think you could do pretty well on YouTube. And I'm like you, dude, I, I, I didn't really watch much YouTube. I knew it was there. Uh, I knew Cess Bike Hacks, but that was about it. Like I, I didn't know there was a YouTuber thing and there was people out there doing it. And so we made a couple videos and I remember putting them up and they were decent. Like they got a little bit of traction and he's like, well, you know, what tags did you use? And you know, did you think about it when you labeled it? And I'm like, what do you mean tags? Like, where am I supposed to put tags in? Like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I posted the video. It took me forever. I got it figured out. So it's basically been uh, this year. So January 1, I remember, dude, 1,971 subscribers. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess that's cool. Like, I have no idea. And uh, we're almost 22,000 today. No way. Just in basically yeah. five months. In five months. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Well, yeah, it's, it's grown really well. And I think a lot of it has to do with production value. You know, it's a good mix. Like you mentioned earlier, coming at it from a background, I can ride, like I'm okay saying that, you know, and, and I think that if somebody watches one of my how to's and they disagree, 
they can do a Google search and what they're going to come up with is I have a pedigree as a rider. I was never a super high end rider, but I, I can ride well enough. And I think the videos show it that there's some instant credibility with what I'm saying. You may not believe it and you may tell me other people do it differently and that's cool. But I come across with, this is what served me well at a decent level. And this is why I do it. The physics behind it. You got to think about gravity, all these things. So yeah, it's, it's gone well. What's been the response so far from people, you know, viewers and kind of the audience that you've been building? Cause obviously they're liking it if you're growing that fast. Well, it's funny, dude, I, you know, all of these things, it's a science, you know, YouTube, there, there's a science to it. And the people that do it full time, there's a reason that they do it full time, dude. Like you have to, there's so much to understand about analytics and the metadata and what do you do with your keywords and your tags and how do you drive those people in? And the response for the most part has been really good. But very early on, I put the drop video out and the drop video, dude, there was vitriol in the comments. Mm -hmm. It was gnarly, man. Like I had people message me saying, dude, you're going to kill somebody. And I got really caught up in it. And I started getting on to try to answer those comments and basically explain myself deeper. And I had a guy email me, just some random dude. And he said, Hey man, don't do that. Like you're not going to have time to do that because your channel is going to get really big. And he said, nor should you be inclined to do that. He said, you're not trying to hurt anybody. You're trying to help people. And there's always going to be people that they won't listen dude. They won't be open to listening to what you're saying. They'll instantly just put their hands up and they'll want to come at you like that. So it's been crazy because some of the comments were rough, but then dude, some of the comments, these people, I feel like they've been friends for years. They're just really genuine people that have said, wow, dude, that resonated with me. Like three years, I couldn't, I couldn't build confidence in this one section of trail that I normally ride. I watched your video and went out and now it's different. Like I'm seeing the trail differently and it's opened up this whole new world for me. So dude, that, I mean, you know how that is, man. You can't put a price on that. Like when you get that message from somebody, it's just, it's so rad. Cause you know, riding bikes is amazing, but when you can impact somebody, give them more confidence and know they're going to be safer. I love it, dude. Yeah, it's been totally. Great. And plus the snowball effect that, that creates because then those guys show their friends and then they watch your videos and you kind of have this massive community that's building through, you know, yep. that one kind of interaction. But I know it's, it's pretty cool when you get someone to conquer their fears and, and move on to a new obstacle. And then the fact that they feel kind of like, you, you provided value to them and you're not just being like, Hey, watch me, watch me. It's like, Hey, yeah. I want to help you guys. I want to make you a better writer. And if you watch my videos, I'll help you. Well, and it, dude, it doesn't matter who you are. Like we literally lived it. You know, we were at the Sedona mountain bike festival and I had an idea of like, I want to do something with somebody cool at some point. And when I saw you and Joey over there riding, I just thought, this is it, dude, let's do this game of bike. And I had no idea where it was going to go. <laughs> and dude, you guys, 90% of the stuff that you guys were, were goading me into doing, dude, I wouldn't have done that on my own. And <laughs> it was rad because it got me out of my comfort zone. Like, dude, that triple, I wanted no part of that triple, man. I'm okay saying that. Like I looked at it earlier and was like, no way. Like, man, I could probably do it, but I'm a 40 year old dad. I don't need to do that stuff. That's awesome. And so to be in that situation, um, it was just, it was really cool because it made me feel good. I was lost in the moment with what we were doing. But then when I started to realize, dude, people are going to watch this. The people that are watching my videos who think I'm a really good writer, they're going to watch it and go, wow, like 
these dudes, these dudes are really good. So it's cool to, to let that barometer move up and down mm -hmm. and for people to see that. And I, I just, I appreciate that. That's cool. And for people that don't know, like I'll put the link to the video description in, in the, you know, in description here, but basically we did a fun little game of bike and it got pretty, like it got pretty, not heated, but it got pretty like, you know, raised the bar. Uh, oh dude, yeah, it got, it got competitive. Yeah, it was meant to be fun, but you guys, you guys took it to heart, and pretty quickly they're like, "Dude, they're like, nah, man, we're gonna, we're gonna serve this guy up. He wants to battle. <laughs> we're gonna go." No. I loved it, dude, and it was it was rad to see all those people that were kind of on the fringes watching. Like by the end, dude, we had like 20, 25 people just kind of hovering around watching, and it was rad. That's cool. No, and it's fun too, because like you said, um, a lot of times you don't realize what is possible or what people are capable of until you see it firsthand. And so, you know, if you live in a little kind of smaller area or something, like you kind of have that local pro mentality where, you know, the dude at the local track is so fast and you're like, I don't think anyone could ever go faster than that. And then you see like a real pro come in and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, different thing, different level. But what I think is really cool about what you're doing is since you are older and you're a father and you have all this experience, like you're able to communicate in a way that a lot of people can relate to and can understand versus like sometimes as like a pro like younger dude a lot of the stuff that we do we don't think about and so it's like yeah how did you know how'd you do that it's like dude i don't know i just i just do it like it just it happens you know so and that i think is the differentiator that's why i asked you point blank when we were about to hit that triple what's the key like when you're coming up to something like that on the trail what's the key and what was great was dude your explanation was almost verbatim uh, to mine on the jump video and so i think that's the key is there's a lot of people that dude you can be a great rider but if you can't convey to somebody who's not why you're doing what you're doing how you're doing it and why that's i i think that's really difficult for a lot of people and it was real like that was the other piece of this when the youtube thing started i had people reach out and say hey dude you should do this like this person and this like that person and I told them, I'm not those people, you know, like I appreciate what you're saying, but I'm me and, and I'm going to do everything on there and it's going to be real. Mm -hmm. Like if anybody ever runs across me and meets me somewhere, they're going to know who I am because every video they watched, that's me. That's awesome. It's not, don't, don't put up a front. It's just me, dude. It's, it's me giving the information. I've lived a really cool life on two wheels, man. I've been around some really amazing people, you know the times I've spent riding with you, that's valuable. So if I can get that across to somebody and maybe highlight to them what I learned riding behind you, watching your technique, what you do, why you do what you do, what are the physics behind it, all that stuff, dude, there's, there's value in that because not everybody rides the same, but we're trying to get to the end goal. You know, let's go a little faster, but let's be safer and let's be confident. Yeah, totally. And I think, um, you know, on my end, like, when I got into mountain biking, it wasn't kind of like the goal wasn't to be the best racer. My goal was like, Hey, I love mountain biking. I want to do this as much as I can. And at the time it was like, if you're good at racing, then you can get sponsors and you can travel and like, dude, I might not even have to have a job. I can just do this. So for yes. me, like I've always been so calculated with risk, like, okay, how do you do this? Why am I doing this? How does it, why does it feel funny this time and not that last time? Like what's going on. And so when you meet people, you know, like yourself that have kind of different mentality instead of just like, Hey, I'm going to send it. It's like, Hey, let's walk through these steps. And I want my chance of success to be over 80% for sure. 
Like I don't want to be 50, 50, cause that's not a good no. world to live in a lot of times. And, uh, I, think, I, I agree. I think it's cool. Like when you meet guys like you that have the same mentality, that's why, you know, we're probably pretty verbatim as far as how we think. And it's just like, because dude, I want my, my chance to be like 80% or higher. Otherwise I'm not going to do it. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's guys that will like, I'm so okay with that. And, and that's what, for me, dude, I know where I'm at. Like I have no issues with that. And it's funny because some people, they can't be in that place up here and it's maybe it's age, maybe it's experience. I don't know what it is, but dude, I know my level and I'll ride at my level and I'll push it a little bit, but dude, like I won't go over the top. Like dude, Braden Bringhurst was out here scouting to do some shooting and I took him to some stuff that, was gnarly and was right up his alley. And he's like, Oh, dude, have you hit this? And I'm like, No, bro, I'm not hitting that. This is for you to hit, dude. I know where I'm at. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm going to do that. And I think a lot of people, they lose sight of that. Like you should be motivated when you're in a group of people that are better than you or when you're around an obstacle that, you know, might be a little out of your wheelhouse. But you got to be smart. Like that triple, dude, I knew I had it. It was just a matter of would I put the pieces together? And I calculated it. There was a great amount of run out. You know, if I went deep, it wasn't a big deal. If I came up short, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. And, you know, not everybody, not everybody does that. That yeah. whole nose wheelie manual thing, that scared me the most. <laughs> if I grabbed a little too much front brake, I was going right over the bars. Yeah. Well, you know, same kind of thing in Sedona. Like, you know, I wanted to, to do the white line really bad. And because it's something that I was like afraid of, but I know that the, the fundamentals and the mechanics make sense. Yep. And so like, I didn't just go try to send it in this hope. It was like, I had Simon go with me. We walked the whole line. He showed me everything yeah. like, and people were kind of like, dude, you're taking like, come on, let's go. We got to hurry up. I'm like, no, dude, like this is, I want to respect everything that I do. And when you lose respect for something like on your local trail, when you just think it's not gnarly anymore, that's when bad things happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. <laughs> and it's funny too. The other thing you were saying makes it rings so true. Cause like for a while, you know, I don't know, like on, so for a while, Instagram was like on a pretty upward trajectory and we were all doing all these cool little videos and tricks and all these jibs and trying to basically build a following and uh, create like a career path through Instagram. And the bar got raised so high, like every day felt like that game of bike that we were playing. And yeah. there was a certain point where I was like, I need to start doing backflips again. And I, or like, you know, I need to do backflips. I need to start doing three sixties. I need to do all this stuff. And then like, I just looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, I don't want to but yeah. I felt like I need to. And so that's kind of like you were saying, like when you're with a better group of people, you need to figure out what you want to do versus what you're getting pressured into doing and yeah. differentiate the two. Cause if it's something you want to do like that triple, I could tell you wanted to, but you just needed a little help getting like motivated for it. That's different than just saying like, Hey dude, you need to hit this cause we're going to film it. So I like what you're saying there. Yeah. That, that whole risk reward thing. I don't know. I, I just, I think that, you got to be a little more calculated if you can. And it's hard, dude, because I just think some of these younger riders, they're not in that position, you know, or they don't think they are. They think, dude, I have to do that. I have to one up whoever's doing this so I can be that person. And that's, that's difficult, man. You know, the human psyche, it's hard to deal with that. Like, you know, you want that positive reinforcement. You want that video to go viral and whether it makes you money or not, whether it puts food on your table, Dude, so many people feed off that, mm -hmm. you know, they, they get that and they get people talking about it and that's big. It's like a drug. And I can understand people wanting that. And I'm just, I'm thankful that I'm in a place in my life and in my mind where 
I don't have to do that. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Not doing it. When you started getting some success right at first with the ride series, was it, did you ever have to check your ego at all? Or like kind of, did you ever have a moment like that? Or were you pretty like, okay, going into the whole thing? I, I would like to think I didn't, you know, it's for me, I'm a very type A personality, dude. I'm, I'm a very confident person and I'm, I'm okay saying I'm a good rider. If you look at a, a, an overall picture of riders, I'm, I'm way high up here. Yeah. But in that upper echelon, I mean, there's a lot of people that are much better. And I don't know if it was ever having to check my ego thing. It was more of an intent versus perception. So I, I had some instances where people perceived me as being very arrogant and that wasn't what I was going after. It was, I'm very passionate about what I'm doing and I wanted it to resonate. I get really fired up about it. And with the ride series in particular, um, you know, this is, this is a very heated topic right here. What I'm about to say, it's a very interesting thing and it's basically fact. I, I don't, I don't mean it in a negative way, but here's the thing. My brother and I, when we execute these clinics, we have over 70 years experience, high level on two wheels between the two of us. What we're doing is we're giving you what we have here and here. We've been through all these experiences and I think there's a lot of value in that. And what happened early on with the ride series, I was in a few instances where I wanted to do certain events and I was told you can't do them because you're not certified. And I got really upset about that. And you know, I remember saying to somebody, what are my certifications? You know, it, it's, it's 35 years on a bike, a Southern Enduro Tour Championship where I won every race. And oh, on top of that, I'm a factory pivot rider. You know, those, those are my certifications, I think. And I remember getting into some conversations with people like inside pedal up in a turn. Like if you ask me, where should my pedals be on a flat turn? It's not open to interpretation. Inside pedals should be up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think, man, no, your pedals should be level. And I don't feel that way. And again, what I would say is, dude, you're a high level rider. You're one of the best riders in this country. Do you go through flat turns with your pedals level? No, not at all. I always no. like, do you see a skier ski with pedals with their skis level? And that's again, and that's what I come back to is it's not my opinion. That's just basically, that's a fact right there. And yeah. so th those instances, I think sometimes come to light and, you know, in this whole arena of skills coaching, now it's growing and there's a lot of people that want to do it, which I think is great. I love that. I think there's a lot of people like skiing that need that instruction. Um, I just, I want people to, you know, I want people to understand what kind of instruction are you getting? You know, what's the pedigree of the person that's instructing you? Like yeah. if somebody's going to try to teach you how to do a jump, I would think they need to be able to jump really competently. Yeah. And, and so and be able to communicate competently because there's, you know, a lot of times that's, like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I try to coach my girlfriend through something, a lot of times she's good at like kind of checking me or calling my shit. Right. So like yeah. a lot of times I'll tell her, Hey, like, you know, do this, this, and this. And she's like, okay, but what about like this? Like, where do I put my, my ankles? And I'm like, yeah, forgot to talk about that, but that's a good point. And this is why. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of times I feel like, um, you know, just like anything, there's a lot of layers to the onion and you also get what you pay for type thing. So like for a lot of people yeah. that just are going to ride a couple times a year and they want just basic coaching, some of those lower level, like IMBA certified coaches are legit, you know, or you, you sack certified coaches, like, yeah. you know, like a cat one or cat two coach, like 
if you just want to learn how to use your brakes properly and, you know, go down a trail confidently, that's one thing. But like what yeah. we're doing is if you want to learn how to ride at a high level and have fun and be able to interpret your terrain, however you want to, and, and kind yeah. of open the possibilities in your area. Um, cause the coolest thing about mountain biking is that it's a 3d sport. You know, there's, you can go up, down, side, side, like whatever, whatever direction you want yeah. to go on the trail, you can move. And so it's, there's total freedom and that, that it's cool. Cause once you build skill and you learn, Oh dude, I could bunny hop over this rock and come into the corner a little bit more outside, but I need to learn how to yeah. bunny hop. And it's like, but once you learn, you open up the whole possibilities and your trail goes from being, you know, six inches wide to eight inches wide to 12 inches wide. And then you end up having all this speed that you're like, dude, I don't even know what to do with this. I think I'm going to just yeah. hit this triple now. So yeah, like you're seeing things totally differently. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. And that's, that's how it started for us. You know, Rob and I initially were like, okay, maybe we should be coaches for some entity. And then we said, well, what would we want to do as riders? Like, what would we want to be better at? And it's the basics, dude. It's not rocket science. It's the basics. And so we really started to refine those basics and we wrote out our curriculum. And dude, to this day, it's still about the basics. Like if you want to be that high level rider, well, guess what, dude, you're not going to be that high level rider. If your hips are behind the seat, 80% of the time, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have your body where it should be. Your hips are powerful. Your center of mass is powerful. If they're not in the right place, nothing else is going to work. And so many people you see on Facebook, Oh, I'm a new rider. What do I do to get better? Just ride, man. Just ride. And the problem is, Dude, if you just ride and you're practicing things that are wrong, yeah. you're going to get better at doing the wrong things. Yeah. And you make that and, rut inside your brain deeper and deeper and deeper. And the hardest yeah. thing in life is to get out of a rut. You know, it's like. It, it is, dude. It is. And, and what's been so awesome for us is our setup. So we don't go to the trail, dude. We go to a, a, a grass field. We bring in, we bring a trailer full of implements, dude. And we lay out all these implements and we remove as many impediments as possible. So like trying to teach somebody how to do a lift or how to do a drop, it's really difficult on the trail, dude. If you fall over, you're going to smash yourself on a rock. We have implements that we built where you can learn that technique and not have to worry about that stuff. Trying to teach somebody how to jump. Dude, we have a killer setup where you can ride over it. You start to feel the dynamics of what the takeoff does. And then we slowly move it apart. I mean, we had this guy, Paul, come to us, 62 years old, was a road rider for a long time, lost a couple friends that got hit. And he's like, dude, I want to keep riding my bike, man. I need to go ride mountain bikes. I don't know what the hell to do. So he shows up and we had the whole ramp set up over there. And he goes, hey, man, there's no chance in hell I'm hitting that. And I'm like, all right, no worries, bro. Cool. And we get there and, you know, it's towards the end of the day and he starts hitting it and he's getting a little more comfortable. Dude, we had Paul hitting a 12 foot gap, just hooting and hollering like, woo, some of the greatest pictures ever. And that's, I think, where the value lies. You know, on any given weekend when we're doing a clinic, I got 15 people in front of me. They're not all going to receive the message the same. I have 15 unique personalities and I know the message. I know what needs to get across. But for me, what's so exciting is in the moment, I'm looking into the, all these eyes and I can see, dude, for some reason, you're not getting it. Everybody else is getting it, but you're not. So I've now realized you're not getting it. So now what I have to do is find a way to get it through to you. So is it a different description? Is it me showing you? Is it an analogy? Dude, do I need to make up a story right now? It's totally not true, but I got to make something up for you to understand that. And I think those are all the pieces that people don't think about. It's not like you can roll in and just press play for a group of people. You can't do that. You have to be dynamic. You have to be dynamic as a rider uh, when you're on a bike, but you have to be dynamic in the moment 
when you're trying to teach someone. There's so many levels, there's so many layers, and it's a really interesting position to be in because, man, you hold the keys to the castle. Like, think about this. If you're getting a young, newer rider, like if you give them the tools they need, they're gonna stay with them for the rest of their life. And I think that's rad, but I think also it's a big responsibility. Totally. And you know, one thing I was just thinking about when we were talking right now is it's funny because like when I was coming up, there wasn't, you know, we didn't really have YouTube. And because of that, the only way you could get instruction was from pro riders or watching the pro racers race. And so now there is a lot of instruction from like more amateur, you know, or like people that aren't quite as experienced. And back in the day, like, dude, if I wanted to learn how to ride, the only person I could really watch is Greg Nar, Sam Hill, or, you know, these guys that are just so badass. And so I would just sit in my Outliers. living room. Yeah. And just watch for hours and hours and hours and try to pick apart that technique. But now you're having people that get in mountain biking, you know, type in how to mountain bike. And there is maybe a little bit of a lack of like really, really good resources on YouTube. There's some that are like awesome. Like I think you do a great job. I think GMBN does a great job. Um, and then yeah. there's a few other guys that are really high level coaches, but I, I do wish that maybe there's a, like almost like a, a real like certification that is like, Hey, we yeah, know how to a filter of do sorts. This. Yeah, totally. Cause like, it's hard. Cause if you get explained things the wrong way, like you said, you build that habit and then you end up having that habit forever. And then when someone comes and talks to you about it, it's not like, Oh, I didn't think about that. It's like a, almost like you're telling me to do something that I've done differently my whole life. And why should I trust mm. you? And so yes. that first interaction with someone is so important. Dude, it, it, the drop video, when I did the drop video, I got, I got ripped apart and it's really hard because there's a couple things I try to do, dude. I try to remove my opinion. So I remove my opinion as much as possible. I'm going to give it to you. I'll give you a lot of my opinion, but I try to remove as much of it as possible. And I look to physics and I look to gravity. And when I did that drop video, um, that's my technique, dude. Like I've, I've ridden some big stuff and that's the technique I use. So my concern wasn't how is this technique going to be taken? It's can I do my job explaining the dynamics behind it and why I do it? And dude, I can't tell you how many people commented and said, dude, that's so wrong. You need to manual off stuff like that. And it made my head want to explode because dude, correct me if I'm wrong. A manual is a very high level maneuver. It is a yeah. drop is not like to tell somebody who's trying to do a two foot drop manual off it. That equation makes no sense. Yeah. And I think it no sense. there's a lot of variables, obviously like speed and landing and angle and everything. But I agree because, you know, one of the ways that you see people crash the most often when they're learning how to drop is they get too far back. They hit their ass on the tire because they're riding a 29 or 130 mil bike that they, you know, are too short for. And basically yep. they hit their ass on the tire and get bucked forward. So yep. There's like a lot of variability there that people don't realize. Like if you're going to be scared of a drop and you're hitting a small one where you're going slow, then, you know, manually off that might not be the best option, but there are certain times where, you know, like on a race course, you know, in Aspen, you're coming out of a corner two miles an hour. There's a flat drop with an eight foot, you know, vert. And you're like, yeah, I need to manual off this because it's coming into a corn, so, corner. That so. picture, that picture behind me is a little place called Aspen. I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about, dude. Yeah. But my, here's my thing. But that's a high level maneuver. Like you're saying. Totally. The amount of people who are going to hit that giant drop are, are this many. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing I came back to is 
You know, dude, the front wheel is the wheel of influence. Anytime you move your weight behind the center of the bike, you're pulling weight off the front and that's bad. And for me coming off a drop, I don't ever want to shoot the bike out in front of me because if I shoot the bike out in front of me, I'm pulling weight off the front and that's just bad in my opinion. Totally. No. And I think, I mean, obviously you've gotten to a high level and you're a successful dude and you're, you know, an older guy and you're learning all this cool stuff and it's being able to communicate it. And I think there's value there for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun, man. I, I have a lot of people that have reached out and I think it's older people, you know, it's a lot and older, you know, it's, it's 30 to 60. You know, what I'm saying resonates with those people. It's one thing to watch some young dude go out and rip it and tell you what to do. But when it's somebody that's a little bit older, um, it's obviously they're, they're a real person. I think it, it resonates a little bit more. So that's yeah, awesome. Dude, it's been fun. So what are, you know, kind of moving forward, what are the next steps for you and what do you want to see? Are you still doing coaching, like private coaching? Can people book lessons yeah. for you? Or? Yeah, dude, it's, you know, I moved to Bentonville to base the ride series here and go all in on the ride series. And uh, it's been a slow growth. Uh, a lot of it is it's, it's me. It's my brother, dude. It's what I have here and here. So it's not like I can just start adding people to the mix. The demand is huge, but you know, for somebody to be a coach for us, they have to be a high level rider that just comes with the territory. But at the same time, they have to have the personality that will provide a great experience. Mm -hmm. Like you come to a ride series event, dude, you're going to have a great experience. You know what you're going to get out of it, how much of a percentage you're going to grow. We don't know. We don't know till it's over, but I know you're going to have a great experience and I know you're going to get better. You're going to be more confident and you're going to be safer. So as I sit here, we're trying to find a way to grow that more. Like we want to, we want to grow it as much as we can here. And then Rob is in Phoenix and then we have a really good following in Texas, but dude, with YouTube, it's, we're getting demand all over the country. That's awesome. So we're trying to figure out how we can do that. Now it's been difficult with COVID. We had to cancel some events. We're starting to get back in the mix now with smaller groups. So we've been doing four to five person events. And so we're, we're ramping those back up. So it's the ride series, mtbskillsclinics.com. Uh, my hope is that we can get everything sorted out. We get through this um, as a community and we get back to some sense of what the, the new normal is going to be. And we can get people maybe to travel to Bentonville to do a clinic or an event and enjoy everything here because it's an amazing place. You've seen it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we start traveling outward. Like I would love to go do clinics in some of these really cool marquee towns and you know, I'd love to do it in, in concert with outer bike or some of these festivals. Like we come in a week before we stay a week later and, and we do some of those events. So I think they're going to grow together. Like I want to grow the ride series and I want to keep doing what we're doing on YouTube because not everybody can come to a ride series event. And so the people that we can't reach in person, we can reach them digitally on YouTube with all of those how to's. That's awesome. I'm excited for you, dude. It's going to be cool to see how it goes. And it's fun to see your growth. And like, I'm just, I'm just stoked that you're able to communicate with people in a good way and you're a good dude and they're going to learn a lot from you. And like, you know, just probably like me, you're like, my goal is get more people on a bike, give them a healthy outlet and make it so that you can have fun in a safe way. And your chance of crashing is below, you know, 10% or below 5%. You can go out, yeah. you know, 50 times a year and have a blast and not die. <laughs> like that's the goal. So totally, man. And that's, you know, it's, I, 
when I, I think about it, like we've talked about the second round of bike. I want to make that happen, dude. I really want to get you and Joey out here so we can do that. And I want to do it selfishly because it was a blast. I had fun and I want to do it again. But I think about what we can do in those moments while we're there and we're having fun and we're dealing with these situations. We can infuse those little nuggets of technique of theory of of information to these people and it's like wow we're going to entertain them we're going to do something that's really cool we're going to have a blast but we're also going to provide value we're going to hopefully make those people better equipped to go out and do what we just did at their level and slowly bring it up so that's what i'm excited about is the, the ability to do that for me that's what youtube provides it's like if we can do something like we're doing, you know, go out and have fun, do what we're passionate about, but have it entertain people and have it bring some valuable information. That's awesome. That's cool. All right. So kind of wrapping this up a little bit, I want to ask you a question. I want to know what is your favorite bike, not necessarily brand, but wheel size and travel. If you had to ride one forever. Man, dude, you're giving me a loaded question. Um, Cause not, you don't have funny, to say the brand, but just like your favorite wheel well, size and travel combo. Yeah, I really dig 29 inch wheel, um, like a 120, 140. Like I'm, I'm really in tune with that bike because grew up racing BMX, dude, give me a short travel bike. I will rage on a short travel bike and it's the ability to really smoothen a lot of things out. They're so versatile and you can do a lot. Like, I mean, dude, I got a 120, 140 bike right now that Dude, I put a longer stem on it and put some super light wheels. I'll go do a cross country race, but then I change up the the suspension settings a little bit, throw some gnarly trail wheels on, shorten the stem out, and I'm ripping everything around here. So I I like that, like a 120, 140 ish. I just think for most people, that's a great that's a great bike to have. Now, I've been getting into the e bikes a little bit, man, and dude. I'm just, I'm wrecked. Like, I don't want to ride an analog bike or an acoustic bike. I don't even know what the proper term is, but uh, just I got the, the feeling of like how planted and how much traction there is and everything or dude, totally like those two things. It's like, this is what I'll sum it up. I'm getting more of a workout. I'm riding everything I'd ride on my regular bikes and I'm traveling three times the distance. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I have yet to find a real downside to it it's just it's a blast and i think more people need to understand that it's not it's not for somebody who just is out of shape or or can't ride very far that's great for them but i think for somebody who's a decent rider it's a whole new world yeah and it's cool like dude i felt the same way because when i first started getting on e-bikes people are laughing at me but i'm like dude, you need to feel how much traction I have on my front tire. Like this is insane. Like I can, oh, rip, yeah. I can basically like rip the rear end off this bike. Cause there's so much traction, but definitely the only place I found that they don't do well, in my opinion is, um, if you have like a 50 pound e-bike and you're on something super steep, like I raced mega avalanche last year on my e-bike and yeah. dude, it's scary on steep stuff. Cause the weight is down low and it pushes your front tire off of the contact patch. Like okay. it doesn't load the contact patch. But that's, yeah. like, again, very small percentage of people will be going down like a, you know, double black diamond <laughs> route section on an e-bike. So, yeah, it's, I don't have enough time, I think, to really 
make a determination of where it's bad. Um, but for me, I, most of my riding has been around here and dude, I mean, this place is prime for it. I can leave my garage and there's 150 miles of soft surface trail. So an e-bike, I mean, dude, I can roll out. I can hit a 50 mile, like legit trail cross country ride. I'm worked. I had a blast and dude, I just, I did it in a shorter period of time. It's yeah. just, that's yeah, huge that's being amazing. a dad too. It is dude. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, I could go just crush a huge ride and then hop out with him. Like, uh, his birthday was yesterday. He just turned four and I don't know if you've seen Prevello. Mm -mm. So Prevello kids bikes, dude, you have to look it up. It's literally imagine like a super rad trail hardtail with a suspension fork scaled down for a four five, six year old, 16 inch wheel. Like, dude, it is such a rad bike and he's just going to start ripping. So I'm really excited because it'll open the door to a lot more adventures. Definitely. That's sick, dude. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, fire up. I'm excited for people to kind of listen to this and hopefully they can pull some little nuggets of information throughout this podcast. Cause I feel like yeah, dude. anytime you get two guys that are like-minded kind of speaking, a lot of the, a lot of those things come out and there's kind of reinforcement why. And I think that your approach to it is very similar to my approach to it where I want you to understand the fundamentals of how the bike is working and how you're loading the weight and how your weight transfer affects the bike. And, you know, the crazy thing about mountain biking is it's one of the only sports, you know, like, you know, technical, very technical sports where you are heavier than the machine. Yeah. So like your body weight affects it so much more. And like on a dirt bike, even, you know, you kind of hang off the bike and you know, the dirt bike will want to stay up a bit. And on a car, like you don't affect the car sag very much. But then if you have a bike, like you affect, I can be at 30% sag or 10% depending on how I shift my weight. So yeah. I think a lot of people don't really take that into account where if you hit the front brake, your rear sag just came up. If you hit rear brake, it might squat down a bit. If you, there's all these little variables and like being able to understand the theory behind why I'm doing this at this certain time is so important. Oh, definitely. And when you start to open people's eyes to how much of an impact very small inputs have, then they really start to realize, wow, you know, where my weight is shifted, talking millimeters could have a massive impact. And yeah, it's funny you talk about weight and a dirt bike. Like one of the things, one of the coolest parts for me about riding an e-bike is now I can actually seat mount stuff. <laughs> so I've been doing it a little bit. I was, I was feeling a little inept when we did our, our seat bounce little deal there on the bike. That was rough, dude. It's hard on a regular bike. So the e-bike makes it better. That's awesome. Yeah. I always, one yeah. thing I want to say too, that I think is funny is like you go onto a bike website you know, five, $6,000 bike. And they say, all right, you need to run 30% sag. And you're like standing seated, seat down, seat up. Like, what do you, what yeah. do you want me to run 30% sag? Cause it's yeah. so dependent on the bike too. Like, do you want me to be in standing downhill position? Cause then I'm at 10% sag. Whereas if I'm yep. seat up, you know, all the way back on my saddle, I'm at 30%. So like, I think there's so much that people just kind of like, don't even really pay attention to. And for me, like I've always been under the assumption, like when I'm on flat ground, cruising, standing in attack mode, I want 30% sag. And some people are like, dude, that seems like a lot. And I'm like, no, I want it to have negative travel, good traction. And it depends on the amount of travel you have too. But it's just interesting. Yeah. Like there's so many things people don't think about with how your weight affects the bike. And when a company says run 30% sag, they don't define, do you want me to be four inches this way or four inches this way? Cause that totally no. changes the game. Well, and I think that's on purpose. Like if you think about it, I mean, dude, I'm on a bike right now. It's a medium 
Da Vinci Django, 121.40. So, dude, there could be somebody 5'8", 140 pounds on that bike. Or there could be somebody 5'8", 240 pounds on that bike. And that suspension has to work for both of those people. So it's set up for this massive range. And I think too few people think about that is, you know, you have to hone in on what works for you. And let's say it was somebody that was 5'8", 180, but they were completely different riding styles. Those settings are going to be different. And that's what we try to get across to people is you need to do some due diligence and you need to think about what's happening. Like your rebound. So many people, oh, I'm getting bucked. I'm getting bucked. So I want to add more rebound damping. And we tell them, you're not getting bucked because of your rebound setting. You're getting bucked because your weight is seven inches behind the seat and you're improperly loading the rear suspension. And then adding more rebound dampening is only going to make it worse. Yeah. You know, the, the, the suspension isn't designed to work with the center of your mass behind it. Yeah. And so, again, that's one of those things where, you know, if people you right treat, now are going through all, if you they're going through all these suspension like adjustments. Yeah, they're going through all these, I can't get my suspension dialed. Dude, get your hips dialed. Yeah. Get your hips over the bottom bracket, then you can worry about getting your suspension where it should be. Yeah, and if you treat your bike like a slingshot, you're probably gonna get bucked. <laughs> you're gonna get slingshot. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, it's funny. No, I'm I'm glad that you're um, providing all these core resources for people, and I hope that you know. Hopefully, this will help kind of get people to know you a little bit better and understand your intention. I, and I hope so, dude. It yeah. better. That was the deal. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, yeah, thank you fun. so much. I really appreciate you coming on for a little bit, and uh, I hope people find this valuable and. Yeah, if you guys get a chance, definitely like and subscribe and check out Rich's channel. He does an awesome job. It's just Rich Drew on YouTube and you're on yep. Instagram and Facebook and all that yeah, stuff too, right? The Rich Drew. Yeah, the Rich Drew on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. I'd love for people to check it out and, you know, questions, comments. Uh, I love all that stuff. You know, if, if somebody's in a, a situation where maybe something's just not clicking for them, um, I, I'm always open to give my input. Um, and that's kind of what we're here for, you know? we've been lucky enough to have this platform and I think it's a heavy responsibility. So I'll do what I can, man. I'll never rock star anybody. That sort of thing's not cool. So sweet dude. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Of course, dude. I appreciate it. It was rad. I was looking forward to this, dude. I've been excited. My wife's like, you need to calm down. It's just a podcast. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's going to be really cool. <laughs>